Is she too emotional? Is she too needy? Again, this is a man so for the fellas. Built for the fellas, and it's geared towards women. This can easily be applied the other way, but we'll get into that in a second. What's up, fam? This is JJ. This is a mini Mansoed Friday. Let's go. You guys know we have been loving this season. The feedback has been so awesome. The difference between a deal breaker and a red flag where we'd like to just kind of highlight the different situations and scenarios where we consider this a red flag and where we consider this a deal breaker. And to clarify, maybe if you're new here or this is your first time listening to this kind of episode, for us, the big difference between a red flag and a deal breaker is a red flag is not necessarily something that I'm walking away because of. I'm simply planting a red flag and marking in my mind that this is something that needs more evaluation. This is concerning for me. I need to do more homework here. I need to keep my eye on this. I'm not necessarily running the other way because of it, but I am definitely keen and aware. Now, a deal breaker saying, I am so sorry. I don't care what else is going on, how awesome this might be, how attractive you are, how cool you are, blah, blah, blah. This is a deal breaker. And because of this deal breaker, I have to walk away. Okay. That's why they're called deal breakers. Okay. So that's where we'd love to just clarify the difference between the two. And so today we're going to be talking about, is she too emotional? Is she too needy? Again, this is a man. So for the fellas built for the fellas and it's geared towards women, this can easily be applied the other way, but we'll get in that in a second. Today, before we jump in, just want to talk to you guys about what I'm loving. You guys know I love working out in fitness. Two things. First of all, you know, I think I've always heard this my whole life, but it's finally started clicking. You got to have such a deep why that at 5.45 in the morning when my alarm clock goes off, my why is getting me up. I don't care if I slept six hours. I don't care if I slept nine hours. My why is is getting me out of bed. And one thing I've noticed is my why has always kind of been rooted. Football was a strong enough why because it was such a top priority in my life. But my why now has just kind of like lost itself for the past few years, especially throughout COVID and getting married and things happening. Obviously, if I'm about to get married and I have a honeymoon coming up, that's a pretty great why. (laughs) That That will get you going. But shortly after that, you find yourself in some bad habits you're skipping the gym, you're sleeping in. And so for me and my why was was probably, you know, I would love to say lifestyle change. Like I just want to be healthy. I want to feel strong and good. But I'll be honest, the best why I've ever come up with is there's a Tim Keller sermon on this where it's Paul talking about all areas of his life reflect Christ. Look at all areas of my life and the excellence in which I run it and so much so that it all points to Christ. And I think that in my life, I have just slowly started realizing and wanting and desiring everything I do, I touch, I say, whether it's for fun, whether it's working out, whether it's my job, whether it's my marriage, I don't want to do it well so that I'm the winner. 
I want to do it well so that Christ is the winner. And even when I work out, yes, when I work out, I can work out in such a way that I'm I'm glorifying God in the moment. I'm glorifying God with my results. And I'm glorifying God with how I look and how I enjoy and appreciate my body. And even more, if that body gets me any more, you know, microphone to speak to men, especially because they see that you run a disciplined life, even better. Because I want to point everything, including my discipline, my habits, my routine, I want to point it all to one person, Christ. I'm not disciplined because I'm mentally strong, I'm motivated, and I'm just a guy's guy. I'm disciplined, I'm motivated because I want to do one thing, glorify God and everything I do with excellence. So I hope that encourages you guys. I'm telling you, I've been part of a lot of workout programs. I've had a lot of whys in my life. And this one has just felt like it's just absolutely transformed my spirit in every way, you know, glorifying God by yes, even the way I work out and I run my life. So in today's episode, um, I'm going to quickly do, uh, in my DMs request, you guys, by the way, I, you guys are welcome. I say this, if you have a problem, I know it's hard for guys to open up about dating. If you have any kind of question, man, hit me up in the DMs. You know, I love you fellas. I got you. Okay. So hit me up. I'm serious. I'm not just saying that. So I had a guy, my dog Asher hit me up and he says, you know, I don't want to get legalistic about boundaries and dating, but, and I also want to know that there's grace to accept myself and her, but how should I stop thinking about boundaries or meaning, let me say that again, again, how should I think about boundaries, especially in terms of things I want to say for marriage? First and foremost, I want to honor God. Then I want to honor her as a child of God. And I don't know if I'm looking for a pat on her back, but what should I do? Where should I go from this point? Let me know your thoughts. We'll love to hear. Which I love, you know, if you're thinking about boundaries, you got to think about the why and the priorities. Number one, first and foremost, what's your, not just on paper, in your heart and soul, what is your top priority? And if it's not God, and if it's not her first, then you're doing it for you. And that why is not going to hold up very well. And even then, you could look at me dead in the eye and say, JJ, it's for God, and it's for her, and it's to obey God. Um, But if you don't mean that with your heart and soul and the fibers of your being, then guess what? When it's 1042 at night, you guys are watching Netflix. You guys are feeling infatuated and good about the relationship. You guys have had no fights in the past week. Listen to me. That why is not going to hold up very well unless it's felt in your fiber and your soul and the depth of who you are. If it's not important and that's not a top priority, like something that you would die for, then guess what? It's just not going to hold up. And how do I know that? Because I've been there. I've claimed to love God. I've claimed to love her. I've claimed to honor her. And guess what? At that nighttime routine, it doesn't go very well. It doesn't hold up very well. And why? Well, because I didn't really mean it. And if I'm if I meant it, I wouldn't have chose it, right? It's kind of like that. I love this idea of the the ice cream, the analogy. You want to have a six pack or you want to enjoy the Ben and Jerry's and it's 11 o'clock at night, which desire is going to win? Which one is really actually more important? I can say I want a six pack. I want to be healthy. I want a body. But when it comes time to making a decision, do I really mean it? 
Do I really, really mean it? Okay, great question. Love it. So today's episode, I'm super pumped because I think, you know, there's entire books written on this kind of like traditional heterosexual relationship between man and woman, okay? And I think we're starting to see like, first of all, I think we're in a culturally kind of phenomenal moment of this is really both. Like I have seen more prominently and probably just more transparently, like like it's always existed, more emotional men with maybe a little bit more of a relationally secure, rational, or emotionally suppressed female partner. And the man is very, very, I don't want to say dramatic, but a very uh, emotional in the sense of he doesn't regulate his emotions or have control. And the female is kind of the anchor. Now, today, we're going to come at it from a little bit more traditional approach, you know, especially for men who I think struggle to provide safe space or empathy or don't have a ton of emotional experience with women. I was that way. My mom is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly low maintenance in that regard. She will not bear you with her burden. She will not talk about her emotions unless you're one of her very, very close people. And actually, as a kid, I, that's a really great thing. You shouldn't be your parents' therapists, okay? You shouldn't be your parents' counselors. There's a lot of y'all running around with unhealthy relationships because you and your parents are like absolute best friends. Maybe later in life, there's like room for that. But as a kid, we ha- you have to depart from emotional responsibility from your parents' marriage. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what's wrong. To a degree, obviously, if there's abuse, I know you got to step in. But if they're having fighting, if they're having issues, that is not your marriage to fix. Now, today, I'm pumped because there's a great story I'll tell you. It's really going to speak to some situations with trauma and emotional reactions and really give it to you straight, okay? Because here's the reality. I can't give you guys an exhaustive answer on whether or not she is too emotional. I can give you warnings. I can give you advice, but you and the Holy Spirit and your counsel at the end of the day have to decide, is this person worth the investment, the time, the energy, the love, the patience, the kindness as a romantic partner? Now, that last part is really, really important because you are evaluating them as a romantic partner. Every person and I'm going to go on a rant here, but every person is worth the investment. This is saying, do I want to exclusively devote romantic time, attention, and affection to them as a partner that I would consider as a marriage partner? Okay. And there's a big difference. I do think there's lots of times and ways where we're called to be a great friend to a person, regardless of their sex or who they are, because they are going through it. Okay. However, in this situation, in this scenario, you are dating a romantic partner and you really do have a decision. Is this person worth it? Okay. Like, do I feel peace from the Holy Spirit to continue here? Do I have time and patience that I might invest in six to eight months of their life and their healing journey and I might not get, quote, anything out of it, right? Like it might not work out. And so if it doesn't work out, am I going to be okay with that? Like, is it going to be a wasted opportunity or am I okay at the end of this if it still doesn't work out? Because 
I would just say to clarify everyone because they are inherently created in God's image is quote worth it, right? They are worth time. They are worth an investment. They are simply important because they are human period. I don't care who they are. I don't care what they've done. I don't care who they're not, right? Like they're not a special person. They're not a CEO. They hold value. Jesus even alludes to this when he talks about, you know, if you hate in your heart, you have committed murder. It's the same thing. And what he really means is if you have regarded someone as unimportant, they are unimportant, you have planted the same seed in your heart as the person who has murdered another because you have deemed someone made in God's image as unimportant. Okay, that is the same thing Jesus is saying, which is an incredibly high bar, which also, by the way, when he says that, it's not for you to go look in the mirror and say, I fail. He says that because it points to who? To Jesus, because he's the only one who could do that perfectly. And his love through you is the only way that you could love everyone around you perfectly in some kind of sense and deem everyone as important. Okay, rant over. Let me go ahead and just say this though. Today's episode, you know, I love it because speaking in general terms, I see a lot of dudes evaluating women in a marital lens. I see a lot of dudes out there who, and for good reason, want the girl who's chill, who's low maintenance, who loves football, who loves sports. She actually happens to cook. She has a stable job. And let me just tell you, emotionally, she is just easy. She is always kind when she gives me feedback. She's always encouraging. She's always uplifting. And, you know, when she's upset and when she's frustrated, she always communicates it perfectly and sets me up to respond. And, you know, I have a ton of autonomy in my life. Like I can make my own independent decisions and lead and do whatever I want. Now, let me tell you something like the TikTok. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. That is your Disney fairy tale princess who does not exist. I like, I don't care how cool they are, how awesome they might seem to reduce them to that perfect image from some rom-com where she's just perfect, it does not exist. And it's just like how, you know, uh, this is so funny. You'll read like a female author, write her dream man. You know, this guy is a 6'2", shredded stud muffin who owns six businesses, has an orphanage, has a PhD, He's going to sweep them off their feet. You know, they're an art major and, you know, so unhappy with their life. And he just sees the bright, unique gem she is and swoops her off her feet. And they live, you know, that's like the traditional male character and like a female written like romance novel. <laughs> that's also a fairy tale. Okay. Like men hear that and we're like, that doesn't exist, right? Good luck. But the sooner you realize you have your own version of your own Disney fairy tale, that you are going out and looking for the better. Because then, guess what? You can come to terms with reality. And when you come to terms with reality, you can actually begin to finally prepare to be a spouse who can provide safe space, empathy, and uh, give your female partner an emotional container to express those vivid and strong emotions. 
and not take offense and be able to step back and say, you know what? Thank you so much for sharing. Your feelings really matter. And not only do they matter, they're actually really important to me. And you're not sitting there judging her saying, well, your feelings are your Lord. They're your God. You just need to be better. You need to get over this trauma from your past. You need to grow up. This is not my problem. I think the biggest thing I see is, and JP Pakuda says it, a lot of people says it, there's no such thing as married people problems. There's only single people problems that people bring into marriage. And I think a lot of times what happens is, I see that you got your little pile. I call it this, and I'm sorry for the bluntness uh, if there's girls listening. I really see it because I've experienced this. Hey, this is your little pile bull crap, a little poo-poo doo-doo. You take care of your thing. I'm going to take care of my thing, and then we'll be good. No, 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 no. When you get married, her bull crap, guess what? Becomes your bull crap because you guys are literally one in God's eyes. And you are not just marrying her, her amazing characteristics, her qualities, her laugh, her joy, her awesome, beautiful eyes and face. You're marrying her trauma. You're marrying her single person problems. You're marrying her debt. You're marrying her emotional challenges. You're marrying all of it. And we're called to guess what? Unconditionally love. And guess what? If she was perfect, you wouldn't have an opportunity to unconditionally love, to learn how to unconditionally love. So this is actually the best thing for you too. Now that being said, that being said, is there such thing in the dating context, the relationship context of your female partner being too emotional, being too needy? And the answer, if I had to give prescriptive advice, I would say yes, totally. There is totally, totally, totally a point in place where if your partner, the person you are dating, they are displaying the following signs, I would just say these are fundamental situations that they are better off seeking therapy and major healing as a single than they are trying to date and also commit to major healing, okay? There's a huge difference there that we're getting into it. But let me just clarify. Singleness is the time to grow your relationship with Jesus, to commit to major healing, and to live your life in that model of just pure sanctification. It's you and Jesus hanging out, going through, doing inner healing, inner work, so that you can advance God's kingdom, not so that you can just set yourself up to be a better spouse, so that you can, number one, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Simultaneously, yes, that happens to set you up to be a better partner in marriage, but that's a secondary byproduct, okay? I would just say, again, singleness is for major healing, dating is for dating and evaluating for marriage, and there is minor healing that still does occur. Like dating should expose things about you that you maybe didn't know or maybe some trauma that you thought you hashed out and all of a sudden it's coming back. That's totally okay. There's a great element to dating that provides you feedback about where you are exactly and you're always kind of minorly healing along the way, okay? That's totally normal and a great thing, but there's a huge difference. Now, when you encounter the situation, and what I would say is a situation that calls for major healing, this is what it looks like. And for me, just to clarify before we jump in, this is hard, but I'm gonna call this one a deal breaker. Like, 
it can happen. It's not a it's not just a red flag for me. It's a deal breaker. And major healing can happen in relationship, but I promise you it is going to be extremely extremely difficult and challenging. And I just think it gets re- like the most challenging part is you're trying to romantically evaluate this person for marriage and you're also having to be their like life partner and like therapist and counselor in a dating context like you are not their husband and you are not their wife and you're having to play like a wife or husband role i think the primary reason why this is so difficult is in a dating relationship not only are you playing the role of a spouse like a husband or a wife you are playing more than the role of a husband and spouse like you are a husband you are a counselor you are a therapist when you are in the boyfriend stage like that is a ridiculously massive expectation for you and really almost just impossible to expect someone to do in a dating relationship you see why that's so hard like you're supposed to be a 10 out of 10 no honestly you're supposed to be like a a hundred out of 10 for them and really the situation in the dating relationship that you're in is calling you to be a three out of a four like emotional support partner like you should not be at this place when you're five months into dating okay so here is a few different signs that kind of come out and demonstrate emotionally if they are here i would say it's a deal breaker and it is the most loving thing you can do is separate and let them commit to major healing as a single person number one demonstrative rage this is one side of the spectrum as far as like the ability to regulate emotions there's this massive expression on one side and then there's this massive shutdown on the other side and they're both they're both red flags a hundred percent but on this side there's extreme sensitivity to emotions there's extreme expression there's extreme outlash of emotion this is one of the more vivid red flags that is really easy to see because it's frequently tied to abuse like it's frequently tied to violent behavior physical emotional spiritual abuse it's absolutely a red flag and deal breaker if they start lashing out in some sort of um you know like i would say if they're entering the stage of things being thrown things being punched like vengeful attitude punishment and rage for me like this is absolutely absolutely a massive red flag and proceed with major caution because there's major danger and the first step here first step i promise you if you find yourself in this situation don't go to go to a best friend but more importantly go to someone please go to someone who is older than you who is wiser than you who is more experienced than you someone who's been through you know severe trauma and has healed from it someone who's had a spouse who's had major anger problems like go to a friend someone who can support you and has your back but also go to like don't go to just one person please go to someone who has way more life experience than you who can really tell you what to do because in these situations you need a very very clear direct stern voice 
who's not wishy-washy, but it's just a voice that you can rely on and lean on because they they are just much more wise than you and your friends, okay? So that's number one. If you see those kind of behaviors, I would say that's that's very blatant. Now, number two is a little bit less blatant because maybe they're not punching holes in walls, throwing plates at you, cursing you out with words that you've never heard before. Number two is a little bit more covert and can be interpreted as, you know, we really, really need this to be a healthy relationship. And I would say this, in the dating relationship, in the dating phase, if they are totally dependent on you to be their exclusive safe space, their rock, their counselor, their pastor, their therapist, then that is a major red flag, if not deal breaker. Because for me, it's revealing not only do they not have that in their personal life, but they're fully expecting that for you as their partner. And I'll be honest, that is just a massive God-sized expectation that you will never be able to fulfill. And two, it's going to cause them to be more disappointed and angry and everything than anything else. Because the reality is that on the front end of a relationship, especially in the dating stage, your partner has to demonstrate what I would say is some kind of independent ability to regulate emotion and run their life. Like if they're coming in and just vomiting all their emotions and trauma on you and they are taking no ownership, what I would probably say is if they demonstrate no ownership emotionally in their life and the way that they can regulate their emotions, the, the way they can follow up on trauma that's kind of been revealed and exposed and the way that they can seek out counsel in their life independent of you, that is a major red flag. That's a major red flag because guess what? They are going to be looking to you. If they're showing that already in the dating phase for you to be their knight in shining armor, they're going to be expecting way more as you are a serious boyfriend or girlfriend, as a fiance, and as a as a spouse, as a partner. It's just going to set you guys up for destruction, disappointment, and I promise you that will not be a great marriage. That that if you want to be miserable, sign up for God's expectation in your in your spouse and your partner. Because look at the other side. Look at the, <laughs> the inverse of that and how it's a red flag is you have to ask yourself, well, what is the green flag? Okay, well, things have come up. They're emotionally frustrated or they're upset. They're disappointed. You know, they had failed expectations or going through a challenging time. What do they do? Well, they have circles of counsel. They have trusted friends. They have a therapist. They have a close best friend who is also emotionally healthy and growing. It's not just a toxic best friend who's going to say yes to everything they say and not challenge a single word they say, right? It's just like a yes man who's just like, yeah, you're right. He is awful. Yeah, you're right. I can't believe he did that. Oh my goodness. You were so right. Those persons, man, if I see that in a friend's life or in a partner's life, I'm like, you might have counsel, but you have fake counsel. Like that is not someone who truly loves you. They are just saying yes to everything. They are not setting you up to grow. On the other end of this spectrum and everything we've talked about is, you know, the ability to regulate emotion. I would say there is this element of like, 
emotional shutdown, suppression, because this is not the Godzilla. This is the porcupine. Like in conflict, you typically have a porcupine and you have a Godzilla. This is the porcupine. Now, I would say this is kind of the opposite of everything we said. And if you are dealing with a porcupine as your emotional partner, it is just as much as a red flag as maybe some of the demonstrative, visible, you know, inability to regulate emotion and you express that frustration through loudness and brashness. The shutdown, the porcupine, I identify a lot more with that is also a challenge and a red flag that is going to have to see a lot of healing as you go through. But that's the episode today. I love you guys. This is a really, really fun episode. I love talking about emotions. I love talking about men growing and being able to provide safe space and empathy for our female partners. I'll leave you with this analogy. Your female partner, her womanly emotions can be called the ocean and the ocean is deep and the ocean is powerful and we're not trying to trap or calm the ocean down we're trying to provide a container and a safe space for those emotions to move for them to flow for them to be expressed and then for them eventually to calm down in a nice flowing current that we can talk about but don't get me wrong sometimes there is a hurricane sometimes there is a tsunami and the best way that we we can help in that situation is support them, get out of the way, let them express their feelings and emotion unadulterated and provide safe space to say, you know what? Those feelings are very real. You're not being too much. You're not being too dramatic. Those are really, really valid. And thank you so much for sharing those with me. Okay. Love you guys. Have a great weekend and let's go.